the Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Kranak. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. <laughs> it's the Hale Varsity uh, Weekend Edition. Oh, you threw me off, Elijah. I thought you were going to start the thing. You just pointed at me. You're Hale Varsity one. Weekend Edition brought to you by Cornhead Logger, and we do not have Chris Schmidt yet. We know what he hung up on us. No, I mean, he's still here. No, he's on the phone right now. Um, we we didn't even have proof of life for a minute there. The reason why we're late today, normally, I'll, I'll be honest, normally it's me or Elijah. It's usually not Chris. It's usually not Chris. But today would be an exception you called him no answer on the voicemail no text i called him morning. right no text all morning i call him he answers on the second ring i mean i'm not trying to say he's choosing favorites or anything over you i know you guys spend a lot of time together during the week but i kind of think you know it's pretty clear where chris's heart is at and he's trying to uh he's he's trying to connect here he's trying to reboot we have him on the phone um chris how, how you coming man can you can you talk through the phone through the mic through the computer to give us an update on where the hell you are. Yeah, we're uh, we're working on it. Okay, okay, he's working on it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. So helpful. <laughs> that's way, to start, way to start the new year off with a bang, right? Like we were, this was going to be the year. We had already talked about this, about how this was going to be the year where we're on time, right? It was going to be seven forty-five ish on the dot. <laughs> it was going to be, it was going to be that. It was going to be. Uh, you know, all three of us here each time. Uh, we were not going to have Brennan, Brennan Bora in the stream. Thank goodness Mark has facial hair again. Thanks. Thanks, I think. Because, yeah, I felt naked. Yeah. I, you know, I tried the shave thing. It just, it doesn't, it's, I can't do it. Like, for instance, Elijah, now, like uh-huh. when you were, when you were first rocking the stash, I was like, oh, that's novel. Elijah has a stash. Thing. Now, it's now just- it, it, yeah. Dude, you look yeah. like yeah, you look like you could be in Reno nine one one with that thing. Thank it's you. great. Yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that what you're going for? No, but thank you, because <laughs> you completely could. Well, um, a big problem I've talked about before with the with the stash, and I promise we'll get to Husker football here soon. We're only two minutes into the show. Let us get our feet wet a little bit. Yeah, uh, is is I started growing it before the Top Gun craze. So oh, I right, right. with like a year of people being like, "Oh, Top Gun mustache." I was like, "No." No, this is who I am. Oh, the face. They, so I they am. were thinking. They were thinking the Top Gun part. You, you're talking about the remit, the part two. Chris hung up on us. Like the That's new one, the, the new Top Gun. Chris just hung up. Good yeah, sign. Chris. We have the, Chris here. I think. Whoa! Look at that. Of course not. No, yeah, we have. We, we hear you. We can yeah, hear you, Chris. Oh wait, 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 wait. Let me do something for you, Schmidt. That that oh, should do it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, now we. Now we can't hear him. Now I can't hear him. Okay, let's try now? this. How about now? We can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm good. What is up, 2024? Trying to trick us? Can't. Look at that. 2024 has got nothing on us. Got absolutely nothing on us. How is everyone? Good to see everyone. Well, let's see. Chris is having <laughs> Walter in the stream. Chris is having poop nato issues <laughs> oh, god no I, is that I what not... it is because last time you were that's no that's what i, was I just on. needed to reboot because this computer hates me 
Is that what they call it these days? Yeah. Reboot. Um, guys, a lot to get to. Uh, it's been a pretty interesting little, I don't know, between Christmas and New Year's, but, but, but since our last show, essentially. It's been a while. Quite a, quite a bit has happened. One, Nebraska basketball is like Duke circa 92 all of a sudden. Obviously. <laughs> they're going they're going dancing. It's obvious. They're going to the Sweet 16. Um, probably not. Um, and then you got the, it's it's like Nebraska is the is the great like place where where college football refugees go to get their, you know, to get their um their name and their career rehabilitated. Nebraska just landed its first commit out of the four that we're visiting this weekend, Isaiah Nair. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He needs some, he needs a couple like stronger consonants in there. Let's be honest. Um, he's from Texas, originally Wyoming, transferred to Texas. Did not play. He hasn't really p- contributed meaningfully since like 21. ACL 20, ACL yeah. at Texas last year. Yeah, yeah. It was 22. He didn't do anything. 23. He had a catch for 14 yards. So basically. He has one more catch and 14 more yards than the three of us over the last two years. It's going to be his sixth year. He commits to Nebraska last night. He's 6'3", 215, though. So he's that size receiver that you would like. Um, and kind of follows in a long line of receivers that Nebraska's picked up of, you know, the transfer types like Kadavai Noah, like Samore Toure, uh, like Billy Kemp. Uh, like uh, who was the cat that went to Iowa and Michigan and then came to Nebraska and oh come on the Oliver Martin yes thank you so Nebraska's had its share of transfer receivers have I would say moderate success outside of Torre Torre was a bona fide star bona fide star you'd have to say other than that though they're they're good players but I I don't know if I'd I'd read into Isaiah Nair as like that changes the entire trajectory of your, of your season. Love his size. Yeah. I love his size. He's got good speed. Uh, Does banks come with him, right? He's been crystal balled by some of the ranks. Jamal banks, the wake forest wide receiver. He's also a six, four candidate and target that I think he's combined for 13 touchdowns in the ACC the last couple of seasons and been around that 700, 650, 700 yard uh, number. The last kind of like Kim, kind yeah. of like Kim production yeah. wise, right? Like production wise, they're, they're not the same type receivers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Kemp is Kemp is mini me, and then <laughs> Banks is not right. Banks is a bigger dude, but really oh, similar. You, production. you didn't literally mean me whenever you said mini me. I was like, I'm not sure I'd ever compare Billy Kemp to you, Mark at all, but yeah, you did. Yeah. That's not what you meant. I see what you're saying now. I, I can't believe you don't see the resemblance. It's a little hurtful, <laughs> a little hurtful, Elijah, a little hurtful. Um, so still some guys that are in town right now. See it, Jamal Banks made it into town, right? The Wake Forest receiver. And he was like six, four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Big, big target. Uh, Dowdell is the running back from Oregon. Got there yesterday. Then, yep. And then with Nair in, from what I've heard, Nebraska feels good about where they're at with both Dowdell and Banks right now. And as Schmitty said yesterday, it sounds like Banks still maybe wants to see Michigan. We'll see what happens there. But Nebraska coaching staff apparently feels good about both Dowdell and Banks. Okay. And then there's the linebacker. And why is Syracuse. Yes, the one that had started for Tony White as a true freshman. Alexander, right? 
No, no. Zaria no, Alexander was the other cat that decided he's not the, to go. He's the Idaho guy, Stefan Thompson. Stefan Thompson, thank you. Started for Tony White at Syracuse, what, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. I don't even think it was last year. Uh, well, la- last year, Tony White was at Nebraska. So. You know what I'm saying. The year before, you know what I'm saying. Either way. And so that's a position of need, too. Um, Nebraska being very active in the portal. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with if you are watching on the stream and if you listened to uh, a couple of weeks ago, Chris, thank you for texting the official word yesterday. Um, Steven in the stream kind of basically calls it. Didn't Cranach, bad spelling, call Maryland quarterback to the portal a few weeks ago? Indeed he did. Uh, now he didn't, he didn't call it. He just said it's, it's possible. Right. And Talia Tungavailoa has entered the portal. Didn't he also declare for the draft? Didn't he? Can you do? Both? I have. I have not. I have not seen a a draft declaration. I don't think so. I'm surprised he didn't. Okay, yeah. I would think he'd declare for the draft. And as far as him getting a, a sixth year and a third program, he's going to have to work on it. And I think the the thing is, is I think you go back to twenty. 2019 or 2020, he played a whopping two snaps. Two snaps for Alabama because his brother Tua went out. He Mm -hmm. went in and that burned his red shirt. Nick Saban said, let's uh, let's commit some arson. All right. Uh, Two snaps. That's it. It wasn't the four-game rule going on. And uh, hilarity ensued. So that's that's what they're circling. Uh, Brandon Vogel is with his counter-read dot com uh, is where you can log on and find Brandon Vogel, Aaron Sorensen, amazing work uh, throughout the week uh, with their coverage. Vogues, uh, let's dive in, man, and get your take here on on Talia. And we we beat this up a little bit yesterday on Friday's show, and Cranach nailed it. Uh, his uh, handle says, <laughs> uh, "You know what to do." Talia, <laughs> Mark Radek, not weekend journalists, not traveling journalists, but are you uh, surprised? Noted college football insider. Yeah, noted, noted yeah. college football insider. How do you think this outsider. shakes out? Uh, is is Talia a, a guy that Nebraska inquires about? I, I think you do if you're Nebraska, and I know Dylan's your dude. Okay, I'm not trying to start controversy. I just know that. He uh, is, is a quarterback that Rule is constantly raved about. Did so the week of Maryland. Did so the week after Maryland. Just the, how good a good a baller he is. I think the NFL draft class for 2024 is brutally crowded. So I would go try and find a, another year of eligibility. Not that Talia can't get drafted or land somewhere, but in, in most years, he's probably a top five quarterback. I don't think he is this year. Yeah, I don't think the way things are shaking out with the current class, he he looks that way um, at the moment. So, I don't know. I guess I'd be a little surprised if Nebraska got far, far down that road. But I do think it's, yeah, you got to at least see, um, you know, thinking about the college football, the national championship game on Monday, you know, is, is 
Talia the best quarterback Michigan faced this year? Might be. He might be the best quarterback a lot of Big Ten teams face this year. I mean, mm-hmm. the quality is the quality is is there. Um, and just listen to you, like it wasn't just rule. Um, multiple multiple coaches over the year kind of heard praise praise Tagovailoa. Um, I would like to propose. So there have been some rumors out there about what Nebraska is going to make. Is it going to shake up the staff a little bit or reassign some roles? Key one being their quarterback coach, as Mark was the first person in the world to call Dylan Raiola and then mm-hmm. foresaw this Talia Tagovailoa uh, <laughs> transfer. I think Mark is in it, the, the new quarterback's coach. Mark, would you, would you care to confirm or deny? Not at this time, <laughs> um, but I but I would like to uh, just reassure everybody um, that we're going to run the ball. You know, okay. I'm going to teach these guys <laughs> to feel snapped <laughs> and hand it off like really well. Like they're gonna learn how to do that. Listen, do you, honestly though. Do you, and by the way, if you're if you're watching in the stream or uh, and you see Elijah is missing, it's because Power went out of the studio. He will be back. He will be back. Uh, yeah, as long as Power is restored, and this isn't the big mother attack from from Mother Russia. Um, hopefully, that's not the case. Um, if it is, do you guys have any rations? Um, I'm just curious. I did not do any doomsday prepping. Okay, so do you think though? Do you think Nebraska will make a contact to Tony Miles, or do you think it's a non-starter? I, I would assume, Brandon, it starts with a hey, how a, are a you? Conversation with the Rayola family saying, "Hey, what do y'all think?" Yeah, it probably does start there, and depending on the answer you get there, I guess um, I, I would be I would be a little surprised, but just just a little. Like it, it's kind of kind of a coin flip of do you make the call or not? And, and maybe it shades 55% you do just to, just to see, like Chris said, be like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> you want to, you want to have a conversation? You want to meet for a coffee someday? Um, and if, if he says no, I think Nebraska is okay with that. Like I, I really do think that they're kind of on the path that they're on um, through at least the spring. And, and that makes some, makes some sense to me as time has gone on, you know, I, I, the week of McCord's visit and Riola, I was kind of, I felt pretty adamant that Nebraska needed another quarterback. Um, and the situation hasn't changed. Like the roster hasn't changed yeah. since then, but it seems like rule and staff is kind of pretty committed to the path that they, they chose to go down. Um, so I'd be surprised if that changes pre spring. After after spring, you know, there, there's another small portal window there. You'll you'll learn some things about the quarterbacks. Um, there'll be more roster movement at Nebraska and everywhere else. Um, so I'm guessing they they stand on the quarterbacks they have at the moment. Brendan Vogel with us from Counter Read, CounterRead.com. Elijah Herbal is trying to find power as he is back in studio studio. Um and uh, there is no power there, so he's going to have to resuscitate one of the gerbils in the back that run on the wheel, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and and figure it out. So we are missing us some Elijah. I hope things are okay, power wise. But again, another quarter in the vending machine should help. Um, now the the quarterback discussion is fascinating. I think I think Talia falls in that category a difference maker the rule has touched on, right? Dowdell Mm -hmm. is somebody that, okay, he's got multiple years, just 13 carries and 90 yards at Oregon and just such a a, a 
unique back with his size. That's not an issue. You look at Banks and Nayor, both one-year guys, but, man, the body types and what they bring to the offense on top of uh, their size, it's it's the experience, and, and you have a room that needs kind of that elder statesman. You just do. Uh, at quarterback, I as good as Dylan can be in the skill set that he has, and he is of that rarefied air that you come in and play a guy like that early when he and if he wins the job. It happens every it, it, it's it's on that path. So you just you just live with some growing pains, but those growing pains are a lot easier to, to heal up than than a lot of quarterbacks that are starting for the first time. But Talia is a little different to me. And Vogues, there's I don't know. I'm going to make a, a crazy assumption because of the whole Hawaii connection that maybe there's some family history. I don't know with um, Talia and right? and and the, and the Riolas. Mm-hmm. So I think anyone else, if you're going to go get a portal quarterback, that would that would probably tick off the Riolas. If it's Talia and he's a Hawaiian dude, maybe maybe it's okay. I I think. And Walter nails this. I think with Tua being in Miami, I think that's the landing spot. I mean, the U is a quarterback away and a lot of things away. But um, I, I think, I think Miami will spend, spend, spend to get him because they've they've just done nothing but underachieve. Yeah, they're a quarterback and some better game management away. <laughs> uh, kind of been a consistent problem. Uh, you're talking my you're talking Miami, not Nebraska. <laughs> yes, Miami. Um, so I, that it makes it makes a lot of sense for for a lot of reasons, and and we've seen Miami be pretty active with with some of the quarterbacks. I don't have they landed one yet. Um, you know, teams can take two, of course. <laughs> um, but I, I just know they've been in the mix for some of these high-profile guys, and they, they all ended up going elsewhere. So uh, They've had all the visitors, but no. I mean, they, they, they have not done it. And I know there's been a little history, guys, with Miami. And Miami's probably not alone, where what you promise isn't what you get. <laughs> <laughs> This hey, real quick, I, I I Googled and you talk about the connection between the uh, Riolas and Tugavailoa. Who knows? Maybe they fought at this event. But in 2020, Dominic Riola, along with Haloti Nada and somebody else, was inducted into the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. And Tua was the college player of the year at that same event. And so there is a photograph of multiple folks, about ten of them. They've and met. Dom is a couple people away from Tua. So they've been in the same room at the same event at least. We do know that much. We do know that much. And presumably Dylan was there. And so was little brother. And they all hung out. And then they talked about coming to Nebraska. Maybe. 
Maybe. I mean, I, I do think I do think the the Hawaiian angle here, not just in this case, but in other cases that we've seen, does does kind of open some doors. It it is it is remote. Um, it's kind of like how I knew everybody in the Panhandle from like 1995 to 2002. Like, <laughs> it's just not that many people. You're out there all by yourself. You might as well. You might as well get to know everybody. Ah, uh, he's from the Panhandle. <laughs> I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So. I need to shift gears here and do the uh, world of solid. Elijah, you're back. Did you? Yeah, another- we, had a, we had a power surge here at the station. Uh, everything shut down, so all of the alpha media uh, stations were down momentarily. I was told from our good friend Chris Goforth that he witnessed the Arby's sign down the street kind of blow up uh, due to this power surge. Oh, uh, no. It was quite scary for a moment uh, as I was sitting here in the dark missing the show our our recording of the show has gone away so apologies if you're listening and you're like wow the audio quality doesn't sound as good today it's because the audio surge absolutely ruined my recording of this show so i'm gonna have to go back and work my elijah herbal magic to pull this audio might not sound as good so i do apologize in advance if you're 20 minutes into this show saying "Eh, this sounds weird but we are back we are alive i believe all the stations are back in the air all the uh the alarms have shut off and uh, we're good to roll so. There we go. Adam uh, checks in. Chris better ask <laughs> Mark about his date last <laughs> night at the Blatt, the Bachelor Let's edition. Let's not. Okay. Let's not. <laughs> That's hilarious. Were you there, Adam? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark, you're so uh, you're E-list celebrity. People are recognizing you out in public now. Oh, my goodness. That is a trip. That is a trip. God bless black man. Oh, chicken and waffles. Whew. Come on now. It's a corn. It's a cornbread jalapeno waffle. Really? Oh, he was on a date with. He should have said hi, Adam. I had no idea. Next time, say hi. I had no idea. Was on a date. That that is Adam was on a date with mm-hmm. his wife. This is not Cranach that was on a date with Adam's wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's clear that up. Let's clear that up real quick. My goodness. What a trip, man. Oh, yeah, that'd goodness. be funny. That'd uh, be- <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> Cranach, why is your leg broken? Don't want to talk about it. I'm just imagining this Adam dude, Cranach. On a date with his wife, so yeah, he does a he does a Saturday morning show, and this dude just angrily hops on every single Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, dude. this is why you get up in the morning with us, of course. Um, but <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we can bring it back real quick, real quick. Hey, and also in transfer news, also um, related to Nebraska, but volleyball. Landfair Taylor Landfair from Minnesota. Player of the Year 2022, if I'm not mistaken, in the Big Ten, decides to transfer to Nebraska. What does that do? What does that portend for Nebraska? I know some folks in volleyball circles were kind of surprised by it because they see her as maybe like a a Terminator only and that she's not a good rotational player. What what do you take away from that one? Yeah, I mean, it's it, that that part does stick out. It 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 reminded me a little bit of kind of rules rules approach to the portal where if you're going to take somebody, you know, for a longer term kind of project, I guess it's not a project, obviously the, the player is pretty well established, but you probably do want that, that six rotation player. Um, 
but Nebraska does plenty, plenty well kind of identifying those players and bringing them along through traditional high school recruiting. I think this is a case where it's just like, hey, if we got a chance to upgrade, if we've got kind of a terminator, um, which, you know, Nebraska, I think this year was was the best it had been in that front on that front since probably Fecky. Yeah. Um, this this, you know, only helps them. I mean, Nebraska is, again, going to be right there top one two three teams in the country to start the season expectations are going to be super high um this you know i think this 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 makes them a stronger a stronger option um as as a national title contender and i i don't think there's any reason to kind of dance around that with a player of her caliber yeah yeah and then you add in pierce the incoming freshman who was at a all-american game this this weekend or this week and she she won that. She was like the MVP of that. And she is a uh, between Murray, her Beeson, Landfair, Krause. If she comes back, that's that's as potent as Nebraska has maybe ever been offensively. Yeah. And you've still got perhaps the best floor defender in the country and you're set at setter for <laughs> the foreseeable future. So yeah. uh, it's it's just crazy. The like. You know, and we've seen some departures from from Nebraska as well. But like the competition level in that gym is just like it's it's always so high, and it seems like it gets a little bit higher somehow each year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could switch it around to hoops too. What the hell's going on with Nebraska ball? Like, listen, listen to this, fellas. Number one, Purdue is coming into town. What Tuesday? Tuesday. And you could find tickets for like yeah. seven dollars. So, and here's Nebraska, what, 11 and two now, or is it 12 and two? 12, 12 and two. 12 and two. Like, did you hear what they, I just they, said? They win today. Those tickets will not be available. It'll, it'll go, it'll go zero to 60 with the bandwagon of Nebraska basketball. And it'll be the most hyped and sought after ticket since no sit Sunday on Tuesday. If they win today against Purdue. Uh, or against Wisconsin. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, not against Purdue. I mean, 12 and two. Tickets are it's like the Nebraska fans are just conditioned at this time of year to not even worry about it. <laughs> right. So nobody's even whatever. But 12 and two and playing what like they dominated Indiana. Dude, that that wasn't that wasn't a fluke. That wasn't oh, somebody got hot or whatever. Flat out outplayed them, ran them out of the gym in the second half. Like, did you think that would let, rewind a couple of years ago to Fred Hoiberg? In Nebraska, did you think that something like that was going to be possible? No, it didn't. It didn't feel that way a couple of years ago. It, it felt like um, Nebraska was was a little bit stuck um, at kind of this level that's just below the the middle of the Big Ten. I mean, we saw a couple of seasons that were <laughs> uh, worse than that, but like that kind of felt like the ceiling to me. Like if mm-hmm. You know, we're talking two, three years ago. You're like, ah, they, they get this turned around. They hit on some transfers. Um, maybe, maybe you climb to that level to be at 12 and two in early January. There's, there's a lot of tough basketball yet to be played. Um, and you know, the Big Ten is is probably down a little bit from from what it's been in recent years. But still, like they're above that level that I would have put as maybe their best case scenario a couple of years ago, because it seemed like we knew where where this Hoiberg uh, tenure, unfortunately, was headed. 
Um, and this year, you know, they're, they're showing something else. The, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, like within the last week or so, but shot quality is a, a site that I, I look at a lot for basketball that just kind of measures the quality of the shots that you're taking. Cause I like to look at the most boring stats possible like <laughs> success rate in football. And, and this year, the big difference for, so Nebraska is defending like there's the shot quality allowed um, is defending at about the same level. It was a year ago, which, you know, we knew Nebraska was a pretty good defensive team last year. The big difference this year is they're getting better shots um, on the offensive end. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's another year of case a it, it's having mass. They just have some, some more firepower there, but that's, that's an encouraging, encouraging spot to be um, because if you think about it in terms of like predictive numbers, like how good the shots you're getting um, is, is kind of, the game in, in a nutshell 19 and five over their last 24 under Hoiberg. Think about that. Like dating back to last year, 19 and five. They've been a program that has, it, it, it's just clicked a little bit too late the last two seasons. Now they have been humbled not only by Creighton, but then by Minnesota. And I tell you what, with this basketball team, they have role guys. They have role guys that accept their role first and foremost, but they're great at their role. Gary defensively is 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 a, a really nice two way player. Uh, Juwan Gary and can be as athletic of a headache as you want or need. Bryce uh, is a guy that not only takes big shots or, or needed shots, but makes those shots. Think about Michigan State. There was zero offensive flow in the second half against Indiana, right? You're stagnant. The league got chipped down to eight. What's he do? He catches, he fires, he drills a three to push it back up to double digits. Alec is Nebraska's version of Rodman uh, on court <laughs> with uh, his hustle and defense. And then you got the guy that loves to, to be the showman in Tomanaga. And when he gets on a heater, uh, you saw him go for 18 of his 28 uh, against Indiana. Indiana's studly with four and five star guys. They're just soft. Well, that's, not, up, that's, yeah. not, that's not Nebraska's fault. Nebraska just put him in a phone booth. It was great. And, so and, I, and think, I think this could be a banner year because of Nebraska's mentality and then the versatility they have and you talk about the mentality schmitty i feel like it's exemplified by the coach's son like flying under the radar a little I bit. love him don't uh, forget Sam hoiberg. Sam hoiberg is getting not a guy you'd expect to be a division one college basketball contributor like you go back two years you go oh sam hoiberg nice story get some minutes off the bench fan favorite he's actually a key contributor to this team with the the defensive effort he brings off the bench i mean offensively I don't think defenses are are circling Sam Hoiberg in the scouting report and saying we need to stop this guy. But offensively, when Sam Hoiberg's on the floor, I think we're reaching a point where offenses need to take note and say, this guy's aggressive. This guy's got active hands. This guy loves to jump passing lanes. He's been a real weapon for this Nebraska team defensively off the bench, which is not a role I was expecting him to be. And if you go back even a year uh, to, to just Sam Hoiberg's development, it's a credit to him and it's a credit, credit to what he brings every single day in terms of role acceptance. Yeah, and I think all those pieces that you guys just mentioned, they also allow Wiltshire to kind of fill the role that he's 
tailor made to to fill, and he, he he did a great job of that against against Indiana. You know that to, to Mark's point about why are there tickets for Purdue still available for seven dollars? I think that Minnesota loss still kind of resonates a little bit. It was yep. it was from the old times. You know, it felt it felt painfully familiar for for Nebraska fans. I think based on the the net ratings, like if if Nebraska wins that, they're three and one this year against Q one and Q two teams. The loss being. Crazy. Creighton. Um, instead, they're two and two, and it just sticks out because because of how how that loss unfolded. Minnesota's Minnesota's a quality team, but still, yet yeah, Nebraska had that one. Brandon, something we talked about plenty on this show with Husker PTSD with this Husker basketball program. Like, there's just this feeling out there that your Husker basketball, you haven't won a tournament game. We can't have nice things. Is kind of the sentiment, and I think that's why people go back to this Minnesota game and say. See, this team's not perfect. It's, it's not as good as we think it is. They dropped it to Minnesota. But I think what the past, I guess, I don't know, two weeks has showed me uh, from the, the grittiness they showed against North Dakota, the dominance against Indiana, that fantastic win going back a little further against Michigan State whenever I kind of counted this team out is this team is more representative of those games than they were of that week-long stretch against Creighton and Minnesota when they were down on themselves. College basketball season's a grind. They didn't have it that week, but I think – what we've seen since then is so much more indicative of what this team is. And now they have uh, two huge tests in front of them with Wisconsin and Purdue to show that you are not a paper tiger. And you don't fold to the challenge like you did against Creighton, Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the next two coming up are, are a huge opportunity. Um, and, and, you know, Nebraska is Nebraska's not going to be favored in either of those. They may go own two, but like play well, like, show that show that you're you truly are there um you are where your record says you are um that would be that would be a huge step and you know that record right now a lot can change it, it would have them in the ncaa tournament and at that point it becomes it becomes about a matchup because you know the thing i do think about with with this nebraska team like you get to a tournament setting you got a lot of nice pieces we just talked about how they how they all complement one another like you got to get it. You got to get a bucket in the tournament game. Who are you going to like case? can, can be that guy. Um, and if he's on, he's absolutely that going guy. going to Bryce. I'm going to Bryce. Yeah. It's uh, so, you know, it, it's uh, I think we talked about it on Thursday a little bit. Like the margin is still pretty thin for this team, but they've got a chance to, to show that maybe it's wider because I think to Elijah's point, a lot of this is residual from, from all of us, you know, probably most of the people listening, uh, who, who have just watched Nebraska basketball over the years. It's it's tough to ever believe that things are, are quite as good as they look because things looking good is unfortunately not the default setting. It's Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Read, counterread.com. Vogues, what is happening with Counter Read? Tell us, please, about Counter Read. How can folks subscribe and get caught up with you and Aaron Sorensen? Yeah, you can check us out at counterread.com. That's a, a Substack newsletter from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Uh, we publish two paid newsletters a week for subscribers and sprinkle in a couple of three free things. Then um, I kind of we've obviously always got Nebraska sports going on, but football dominates so much that I kind of consider this the off season. And I always uh, I always looked at the off season as a big opportunity to to dig into things and come up with. You know, Football is such, and yeah, volleyball to it is such a con- constant drumbeat of the news cycle. Um, here, you get a chance to to uh, kind of 
generate some story ideas and go after some some more creative things so that's kind of in the plans uh we're gonna have we've had we've been fortunate to have a couple of sit downs with ad trev alberts in the months leading up to this uh we'll be we'll be doing that again here soon um so you can look for that you can head over to counter read you can sign up for free and and check us out and uh hopefully you'll like what you see and uh sign up to become a become a subscriber Brandon, what we really need is a deep dive into Mark's insider college football sources and how he's pulling off all of these magical, magical uh, insider breaks on a Saturday. It's just I, instinct. I, I, th- I think you were literally in the dark at this point, uh, Elijah, but I, I have decided, I have forwarded the theory that Mark is uh, is soon to be Nebraska's quarterbacks coach. I mean, how else do you know about Raiola? How else do you know about Tagovailoa? Um, that or he's Hawaiian, I guess, is the other thing we potentially establish. <laughs> Probably not that. Probably not Hawaiian. Uh, I would love to be. It would be great. But yeah. a little pale. A little pale. A little pale. We'll, a little we'll landlocked. Yeah. Per, perhaps. Folks, thanks for the time. Always appreciate you jumping in. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. There he is. Right, Counterread.com with uh, Brandon Vogel. We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Great morning, Sharp. Beauty, Gary. Yeah, I know. Elijah. That's you uh, house, you look like House of Pain right now. I love. Well, I was gonna say, Sharpie, <laughs> you ever you ever roll into a, a a gas station and freak somebody out? Uh, I have not yet today, but there. I'm in Idaho, by the way, so I oh, will nice. walk across the street to the gas station, dress like this to see if it is really true in Idaho. Which can you guys see that? Oh, what is oh, that? Wow. So it says uh, the, can- potatoes? the candy bar that makes Idaho famous. Is it is it chocolate or potatoes in there? What's going on in that thing? Um, it's called an Idaho spud, and it's yeah. in a package. It's got a lot of sugar in it. Okay. Is it I, a sweet potato? I think it is a candy bar posing as a potato. Huh. Mm. Yeah. See, it'd be a lot more of an Idaho move if it was just a single potato and plastic wrapping <laughs> that you can get. You can get. <laughs> it would be. That would be fantastic. My goodness. I, you probably also would not have a, a winning business formula there if you were just selling individually packaged mm. potatoes. Yeah, that, that, that might be a little bit tough to uh, get over to the general public. Mm. How, how, potato. <laughs> how, how many yards does Talia Tugavailoa uh, throw for as Nebraska starting quarterback next year, Gary. How many? Can I just ask a question about how him? many? Well, I, but I got to ask a question before yeah, I address right. that. How is he going to be eligible? Because the NCAA just like grants people no, no, fifty no. years of eligibility. This this one, man, I I don't know what the path is to him being eligible. This is a weird scenario. It's an appeal. It's an appeal on that that two plays he burned his red shirt on. But they're yeah. gonna they're gonna they're gonna go back and hammer Alabama's hey. management and, and they're gonna plead and plead and plead. Well, I thought and, and correct me, Sharpie, is he has he looked at the NFL? Has he made an NFL declaration? Well, I thought it was when he first announced that he was gonna leave Maryland, it was the NFL or the portal, and we're all like how is he going to be eligible? I thought he's it was go, NFL. Yeah, he's going to go to the NFL. And then yesterday, and he could still go to the NFL. I mean, Cam yeah. Ward did the same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's the NCAA, which, you know, is getting further and further away from any authority. They opened up the door with the double transfer. Now, if they allow something like this to happen, 
Nobody will ever leave college. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, Naor, how is how is Naor still have two years left? <laughs> no. Nobody wants to leave college. I thought it was just a me thing yeah. when I was in college. Now it's student athletes. Yeah. I thought my one extra semester was a lot. Now you got two that are 27 playing college football. But there is the unique circumstance with Talia uh, that may allow him to get another year, and that's that he has a millionaire older brother that can probably slip somebody some money. Mm. Probably helps. Big part of it. Yeah. But, but, but Mark, we are in the Dylan Rayola era. I get do not it. Even, do not even think about it. He's your opening starter. Run with him. I don't know why people are hesitant to do that. I know that during the bowl season, I watched a couple of freshman quarterbacks. Yeah, they had their uh, issues here and there, but they're freshmen at Kansas State and Tennessee. Look at what it's doing for them in the offseason. They have hope at both of those places. Mm. I, no, he's your starting quarterback. I mean, the kid flew in from Atlanta to help recruit. For sure. For yeah. sure. And yeah. there's no doubt that he's that guy. I'm just yeah. saying for a year, you know, if if you're going to do it, you, of course, get permission from the Riola family, which <laughs> that's a whole nother thing about that's a whole nother thing about the dynamics of coach and player and all that stuff in the college game. But it is what it is now. I mean, the quarterback's making, you know, he's making coach money now. Like, <laughs> this well, is different. I, I'm different. with Gary, though. That we've talked about it before. In the modern game of football from college – NFL, even some high school, whenever you've got a guy at quarterback, you either got to find out if, if he's a guy or not, I guess is the better yeah. way to put it. Yeah. If, if you think you have a guy, you find out right away whether it's a guy or not. And, and in college football and the NFL, the young quarterbacks, if you are a guy, you show something early. Now, this is, you know, we, we, we talk about Frazier because that's the last really freshman quarterback that came in and we went, wow. Now, you could say that a little bit with Adrian. I mean, I went back yesterday because we were yeah. talking about on my show and watched his first pass to J.D. Spielman. Remember that Colorado game in his yeah. freshman year? And you were like, whoa. But we've never – we've really never have had a star who who leans into being and playing that role like Dylan. I mean, I look mm-hmm. at him the other night at the basketball game. First of all, he's sitting next to the athletic director. He hasn't, he hasn't even walked across campus yet. He's sitting next to the athletic director – Everybody knows who he is. He might be more recognizable to the average Nebraska fan out of uniform than, let's say, Ty Robinson. So we've never had somebody like this that is peer recruiting as aggressively as he is, that is a true star. Now, there's the other part of we get out of it, we get out of this, we get all this out of the way, and now we got to go play football. But I don't know, guys, man. I I I don't I don't want to get to expectations yet because I want to see him in the college game with it sped up. But in terms of just turning the keys over to him, I'm perfectly fine with that. I should be better at it because of, of the pedigree and the care level, right? Um, You're still scared about the growing pains. If you're kind of a rational, rational, reasonable college football fan, because it just doesn't go well for freshmen. Yeah. So this is what, so you, 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 I've heard you and Elijah talk about this a lot and, and I stick with this. Dylan could be incredible. He could be middling. He could not work out, but in his first year, this isn't about Dylan Raiola. In my opinion, it is about the 10 on the field around him. Yes. It is their job at Nebraska. And we are seeing that this weekend is, Uh 
to make the 10 around the quarterback better so it's you take more off of DR's plate. And if you're able to do that, man, you have a chance to have some early success and so that you can grow into the role and then you can figure out what everybody's strength is. But I know what I got with DR. I need to know what I got with the other 10 around him. And are they all making a jump? Either they're coming back as a starter or you've upgraded that position, whether maybe you found wide receiver one last night or you definitely are about to find out if you have running back one. That's fair. Gary Sharp with this weekend edition, Hail Varsity Radio. The Iron Horse is in, and he's actually in uh, Idaho. Idaho and- Falls, Idaho. How is yeah. it? Pretty is neat. It awesome. Um, you know what? It's a very unique area. It's beautiful. It yeah. is. Uh, they, you know, they've got some got some snow, um, but it's. Mm. Uh, I've I've never been to this part, this side of Idaho. I've been over on the other side where Washington State and Idaho is, but it's a, a very lovely state. Hmm. I hear hmm. that. You're gonna do some elk hunting later? Is that? Uh, hey, we're 108 miles from the uh, from one of the entrances to Yellowstone, so maybe. Hmm. Oh, cool. With your sure. bare hands. That's the way to do it. These hands have killed people before. (laughs) (laughs) And he said it with a twinkle in his eye. He said it with a twinkle in his eye and his his skull cap on. With that hat, I believe it. Yeah, you do. You look like you've. He's wearing a murdering hat. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sharpie's got his murdering hat on, and the crawl spaces are not safe. To the message boards we go. Yeah. yeah, Wow. Message That's board mad, right? I love That's that. That's your quote, man. That is your Message. quote. That's your email signature quote. That's all of it. It's perfect. Hey, can so, I ask you guys a question? Sure. Man. <laughs> did did is Nebraska searching for wide receiver one or just a supplement to an interesting young wide receiver room? Uh, and I've seen that before, Gary. Wide receiver one, and I also had the same thought as you. I think they're just looking for a steadying veteran force. And if you can get two steadying veteran forces, it's better than one. But I think that wide receiver one is not the right term to be using with either Nair or Banks. I think, I guess it, it, we're talking reliability here. I, they're looking for a guy that, you know what, when third down rolls around and you need a guy to make a play and get open, you're looking for that guy that you know is the veteran that will in that big time moment be able to step up. That's what I think Nebraska is looking for. I don't necessarily think either of Nayor or Banks are the guys that's going to lead the team in receiving next year, but they could be the guy that leads the team in receptions, if you get what I'm saying. Hmm. Well, you bring up a good point, Elijah, and, and I'm kind of with you. But, I mean, we so the, I think there's going to be, as we have a developing young quarterback, you're going to get the 50-50 balls. We know what great wide receivers look like. Not everybody is Penix who throws rainmakers and throws darts 50 yards down the field. But he has a plethora of wide receivers that take those 50-50 balls, and then all of a sudden it's 95-5. So the big-bodied wide receiver is important for Nebraska to make sure those Dylan 50-50 balls become 75-25. I'm with you, Elijah. Here's the other interesting discussion about the wide receiver room, and there's a lot of intrigue of Jalen Lloyd, Coleman, what we don't know about Dawson Bell, but everybody is like, hello, watch these two guys. And then don't sleep on Keelan Smith is that wide receiver room is, is it a good or bad thing 
and this is on the heels of what Elijah just said about reception and yards. If Nebraska for the fourth straight year has a portal wide receiver lead them in wide receiving. It's, wide it's receiving not a, yards, that is. It, it, it's not a, a bad thing because that is turning into the, the new normal. You're going to go supplement where you can. And if you hit right, uh, it can it can be an instant um, set of, of uh, uh, juice to your offense. So, no, you, you, you want to ideally recruit high school and develop that way. I totally get it. But in the instance where you've got young kids coming along still, and I think we can say that <clears throat> Nebraska's freshman wideouts contributed at a high level. The reason the passing game wasn't on point last year wasn't because of the wide receivers all the time. I mean, it was it was more so quarterback play and, and the ability to complete some balls that way. So I think the wideouts played well and made some impactful plays as a freshman last year. Now, they you go get it where and how you can get it, whether that's portal or you've got some uh, faster developing wide receivers. But you use that bridge option every chance you get, in my opinion, where you don't upset the room, but you sell it as an enhancement. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that. Here's one thing we don't know about the wide receivers. And this has a lot to do with the guys that are returning. What does a better quarterback do to them? Like a, like a quarterback that can throw guys open. A quarterback that throws a good ball. Um, you know, the route running has to be a little bit more precise in year number two of these young freshmen. But we don't know. Here's the intriguing thing about Nebraska offensively and what they're doing this weekend with the pieces they could add is what does a good, hard downhill running back do for the quarterback? What does it do for the offensive line? What does it do for the wide receivers? You know, what does what does a good quarterback do for a Malachi Coleman? Schmidt and Elijah, because you guys do high school games in Lincoln, you saw this firsthand. Junior year, Malachi Coleman had a Division I college quarterback throwing him the football, right? No and Walters. That, and that's when Malachi took off, and we went, whoa. At Lincoln East, they had good quarterback play in Malachi's senior year, but it was not Noah Walters. Malachi was kind of a distant memory. Last year, not great quarterback play. Malachi was not always not always the guy. I'm curious on him with a good quarterback, what that does for him. That wide receiver room with just quarterback play that can complete a simple pitch and catch and can throw you open um, or hit you downfield when you are open because he sees you, what does that do for that room? That's why I do like the blend of some of the younger guys that are going to make a jump and then some of the older guys that have caught a lot of footballs in the game of college football. But I think we have to factor in the wide receiver discussion with quarterbacks that can just play simple pitch and catch what that does to a wide receiver. Because we might go, man, that guy was that guy might have been a bust last year. And all of a sudden, he shows up this year, and you're like, whoa, look at that development. And I say, it's probably always been there. A lot of it has to do with the trigger man. Gary, let's, uh, let's pose a question to you then. If you could only have one, What's more important for, for a young quarterback? Is it solid wide receivers that you can rely upon, or is it a solid running game that you can turn to and take pressure off the quarterback? What's more important for that young quarterback? Run the football, baby. Mm-hmm. 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 I guess that leads me to, to my follow-up question. What do you think of Dowdell? 
I think he's ideal for Nebraska. I, I think you could have a is he you know now remember I had a love affair with Kawan Lacey. That's a huge loss. That's a huge pickup for Mizzou because he was going to be a three down guy. Nebraska hasn't necessarily had a three down guy or they haven't committed to a three down guy in a while. I see a guy that is on campus as a three down guy. And I think that would be a world of world of help to a young quarterback and an offensive line that is going, did you guys not look at our numbers last year? I mean, it, it just, it all kind of goes hand in hand, but I, but the running game, if you have a hammering running back that is consistently moving the pile and getting downfield and can stay on the field, I'll take that every day in the, in, in the big 10. Gary Sharp with us on uh, the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. And now we, when we compare whether or not it's the – or when we decide whether or not it's the quarterback or the receiver, like it's, it's sort of chicken or the end, right? Like yeah. what would have helped What would have helped Malachi last year? Was it, was it that Harburg and crew couldn't get it to him or was it that Malachi just needs to do some development? I'm, I think I'm with you because I think he's proven that he can be that guy that can catch a ball. You know, I think he's a, and you look at his body type and all that. I I don't know that he's the number one. I don't know that the, that Nayer is going to be the number one. I don't know if you have a number one. I, I don't know if you're going to yeah. have a number one with somebody like Rayola coming in, because I think you are going to be run heavy. And I just don't think you just don't have that can't miss guy. And except for maybe banks, I think if banks comes, that sort of changes things because he's proven he's huge. He could be that dude. Well, let's okay. So let's don't use wide receiver one. Elijah made a good point earlier, and and I agree with you, Mark. Is let's then go. What does a big bodied wide receiver do for the other guys? Because look at last year. If if Nebraska had that big bodied wide receiver, let's say Xavier Bet stays in the program and he yeah. becomes that guy. What kind of an impact does it have on a guy like Billy Kemp? Billy Kemp. Was not going. Billy Kemp shouldn't have been wide receiver one. Technically, he turned out to be that way. So, so let's go. This. What does a big-bodied wide receiver on the outside do for the rest of the room? A a, a, a established big-bodied wide receiver. I mean, it really, just opens things. What if you think about the guy on the outside from a football sense? If you have a big-bodied wide receiver, that is a matchup nightmare for quarterbacks cornerbacks let's make sure i enunciate there corner yeah the safety's always got to be watching for the deep ball and it can open up a half of the field it can open up a, a seam shot for you it just opens up a lot for the defense whenever a safety knows you know what in a one-on-one situation this wide receiver as gary said 70 30 chance to come down with this football safety's got to keep an eye out the defense has to keep an eye out where is this big body wide receiver and a guy like oh hey say jalen lloyd can get lost a guy like a tight end can get lost over the middle of the football field. It just opens things up whenever the defense and the, the safety specifically have to look at a guy that's a big body wide receiver and say, we can't let that guy have a one-on-one jump ball. Yep. Yeah. You really don't, though. It, it is interesting, though. As you think back over the last several years, you usually could point to a guy that was the guy that was the number one yeah. guy. It's really difficult to do that right now. I, I think it could have been Marcus Washington if he came back. He declared for the draft. We'll see how that goes for him. And I think that kind of speaks to how confident they were in him getting an, an additional year, um, you know, because he probably would have been that dude. But as you sit here right now, I don't even know if there's a candidate. Well, okay, I, I, so, right? so I, I think, okay, so let's look at this the way from that room. Um, 
<laughs> do they have l- let me let me ask you guys do you think they have a true home run hitter i think they got a couple we just don't know the consistency part from yep. quarterback play to your to your point earlier well, define about what you mean by that what is it what, what's a home run hitter what do you mean jalen lloyd yes i okay okay now let me go back to what you just brought up marcus washington because i, I think maybe I, i'm liking this conversation about let's don't focus on wide receiver run one but let's focus on playing roles so you have your big bodied wide receiver you have your home run hitter does Nebraska have a possession wide receiver? Like if you needed eight yards, Marcus Washington was probably going to be your guy because he yeah, was a good right. possession wide receiver to move the sticks. Does Nebraska have somebody either in the fold or on the hook that fits that role that Marcus kind of had in his well, two years at Nebraska? Well, let, let's talk long-term vision. I think that role in the Husker offense is supposed to be the tight end room. Maybe you yes. have that in Fedoni. Maybe yeah, you right. have that in Carter Nelson. A guy that I look at third and five from the, the five-yard line, goal to go. You're going to that tight end on a jump ball. You're looking for the tight end before you're looking for a guy like Coleman or Lloyd. You're looking for that big-body tight end that can be a possession guy as opposed to a guy out wide. That, that's kind of how I see the long-term vision of the offense. Does Nebraska have that next year? I don't know. But I think the long-term vision is to have that be a Fedoni or a Nelson or an insert tight end name here. Who's the last possession guy Nebraska's had? Stanley Morgan. Would you call him a possession yeah, guy? Scott, Scott brought up Stanley Morgan. Stanley Morgan, I, I, I you know, That's as fair. his career gets further away from Nebraska, I, I, man, don't you have more of an appreciation of what a nice combo Morgan and Spielman were? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. And you tried to get it with uh, Canavai Noah. He was somewhat. Yeah. You know, but but you're right. It, it really was it was Morgan who kind of took that mantle from Westercamp. So you had, you know, you had a couple guys multiple years in a row that played that that role for Nebraska. Again, yeah, I don't know if Nebraska has that guy. They don't have they don't have the they don't have the clear number one, and they don't necessarily have the possession guy. So it could but be I, by committee. Think think about when Ramir comes back too. Hmm. I know he's not a receiver, but I'm just saying. In terms of just like that security blanket for a quarterback, check down. Be pretty yeah. good for Rayola. Now I will you. I, this staff, I mean, they they identify. They get here and they go. Okay, where do we need to fix things? They've got eleven scholarships committed to wide receivers, and you look at the number of scholarships they've had committed in the last couple of years. So they know that's a position of need. One because that room was a little bit out of whack of older guys and a big gap between young and old, but they know that they that they're they're going to build that room to find the right guys. That's why the discussion about Naor and, you know, he didn't, he, he, he of course had the injury. If you go back and watch his Wyoming film, I mean, he was dynamic in the mountain West. The thing about Texas is Sarkeesian doesn't play a lot of wide receivers. Yes. He got hurt. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to watch him play because if he's healthy, I think we know what he can be. But I think anybody that has had that kind of an injury, when you've been at the height of your your profession and you have one of those injuries, I think his biggest thing will be the mental part, mm-hmm. getting back on the field in a consistent basis. But I like how they're trying to build the wide receiver room is because they're they're playing themselves into options. You know, if you look at they're, – they're not willy-nilly throw darts out there in terms of the portal. 
They're like very selective. Nebraska needs linebackers. Okay, let's just don't throw out a ton of offers. Mm-hmm. Let's go and get guys that would seamlessly transition to a 3-3-5. Or we need to add some you know, gray-beard wide receivers. Here's who we want. I, I appreciate that approach, but I like how they're doing the wide receiver room because I think when it's all said and done, we get to spring. I think we're going to like the variety of guys in that room. And now mm-hmm. it'll be on them to prove it and then how they work with a quarterback, a running back, and the tight ends as well. Well, Gary, let's this, talk about that build here for a second. Sorry, Shmi, not to step on your toes here, but to, to zoom out just a little bit, you look at the the transfer portal recruiting visitor weekend. If Nebraska goes four for four, getting Thompson, the linebacker from Syracuse, getting Banks, getting Nayor, getting Dowdell, does Nebraska have that vision that they have in mind for next year done? Or are they going to be done in the portal with those guys, specifically the three on offense? But I'll, I'll throw Thompson in as, as a linebacker too, because you assume he's going to be the guy that probably steps in for depth next year. A little less sure on that side of the ball, but specifically with the offense, is Nebraska done if they can get those three in Dowdell, Banks, and they are? Uh, I would think they're pretty close to being done. You know, you have a roster crunch, which they're going to figure out. I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. They've got plenty of time and, and they'll figure it out. I mean, we all want that veteran quarterback that's coming in that wants to compete, but knows that, He's in there to mentor a quarterback room. I mean, maybe that is in the second go around of the portal. I think their approach in the since the portal has opened, and I may be off, it shows you that they like the spot they're in, and they know with a tweak here or there that they're not only a bowl team, but they could add a couple of wins on top of that. I, I, think, mm. I think the way last year went kind of ramped up of, hey, We're further along than we think. We just need to add X, Y, Z. And if we do with what we have and we've been able to retain guys, man, we're going to get off to a good start. I I really think we're going to see a unique spring, guys, because on one side of the ball, there's really no teaching. I mean, the defense is going to cause some problems for a young quarterback in spring ball because they know what they're doing. They're, They're older guys over there. I, I, I just think their approach is we like what we have and we just need a, an addition here or there at certain spots. And for guys to make that jump in year two that we think they will, that we could have this humming if, if, if things fall in line. This is pretty interesting. I mean, we're used to in the wide receiver room, things not panning out. I mean, if you look at the last few years at Nebraska or Massive numbers of, of attrition. I mean, guys just leaving the program after a year. You didn't have anyone to work with or develop because no one stuck around. Not only do you have this young core group of kids that contribute as true freshmen, you're able to get get a guy like Nayor, a Marcus Washington. So it's, it's a different vibe uh, with that side of the ball. And, yeah, Nebraska is, is tweaking. That's a good – Way to put it, Sharpie. I want to get your thought on timeline. Timeline with these rumored changes or additions. The quarterback coach, are we are we thinking after February? I mean, is that as soon as it can be? I mean, and then has it gotten any wilder uh, up on your end from some of the names you're hearing potentially about this quarterback coach? No, I I, I think I think. I think Nebraska's staff 
watch the next couple of weeks. So there's a couple of key dates coming up. The team reports back on January 14th. School starts January 22nd. But January 20th, Nebraska has a big junior day. So if you're going to have guys at certain positions, you want them in place. So they're meeting guys that they're going to be all in on recruiting. Um, and I think I, you know, rules a grinder, man. I, mm-hmm. I, they don't they don't take a lot of time off. Um, so I, I think any any staff additions or reorganization he wants in place uh, sooner than later. So I, I think over the next few weeks, if there's changes, you're going to see them. Now we all know once Sunday is over tomorrow, uh, then it's it's you know black black Monday in the NFL. There's going to be some coaches lose their jobs. There's going to be some assistants that are going to move around. There's going to be some assistants that their season is going to be over. So maybe they're going to be looking. I think also another thing to keep in mind is, and, and this doesn't necessarily affect Nebraska, there are still a lot of new college coaches that haven't completed their staffs. So I think around the college game, because they have their convention coming up, um, you're going to see some, like over the next three weeks, I think you'll see some changes with with coaches around the country. Um, again, it doesn't necessarily affect Nebraska. Um, so the, 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 the chairs are not done moving. But I think for Nebraska's case, I think in the next few weeks, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then they'll move forward. Because January 14th, guys are back, and I know they are going to be very, very aggressive to get guys going right away because – they not only return a lot of veterans, the other thing is they return a lot. They are bringing in a lot of early enrollees. And so they don't want to mess around. They don't want to be like, hey, all right, here's how. No, they want to get going right away. There's a reason why spring football got pushed back a little bit because they want to have a nice lead in with winter conditioning so that when they begin spring ball, guys, isn't like an introductory. When they begin spring ball and go through 15 practices, they want essentially to be those to be the first 15 of fall ball. If you mm. get what I'm saying, it's a way mm. to go. Mm. Uh, let's he, let's hit hoops here before we let you get out Sharpie. And we touched on it with Brandon Vogel uh, a little bit before uh, the, uh, the eight o'clock hour. So Nebraska basketball, are you a, are you a believer right yes. now with, yes. with where they're at and yes. they're, they're a tournament team? Yes. Um, Okay, so they got so I did the math. So I, I think to be comfortable, they got to get to 20, but there is a certain group that they've got to win. Here's why they're different. And and I don't think you can argue that they're they're at least the fifth or sixth best team in the Big Ten. Um, you know, Purdue and Illinois are in a category of their own. Where Nebraska's playing today, I think Wisconsin's the third best team, and that's gonna be a difficult game. Um, this year, this team is different. And it took a while for for Hoiberg to figure this out because Less Cam Max, less Teddy Allens, more Sam Greasels, Derek Walkers, Josiah Alex. And he finally found the right recipe is they play well as a team. You know, they have talent, yes, but they're, the pieces fit together better. And I also don't think this, because if I'm saying they got to go 10 and 10 in the Big Ten, you're like, wow, that's nine more losses. Well, they don't strike me as the team that's going to just all of a sudden fall off the map because if that was going to happen with this team, wouldn't it have happened after Minnesota? Yeah. It would have, but, because that would have been very probably. easy to do, but I think they're, they're mature enough in an older team that they're not going to ride the roller coaster, but I, I, I I'm, I'm all in. 
I mean, I think this is a team that is has the feel of an NCAA team. They're starting to play like that. They're not playing like as an underdog and, whoa, we're pulling off upsets. I mean, guys, they're 18-5 and five in the last 23, and a yeah. good majority of those games are Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. We're talking Nebraska mm-hmm. basketball. So, yeah. you know, the next, the next couple of games are going to challenge them because today in Madison and then the huge game Tuesday night, and then they go to Iowa City. Uh, if we check back in the 1st of February – and Nebraska is trending in the right direction. Bring that team to Omaha in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Oh, geez. amen, Can amen. Can you imagine? And then maybe getting their first NCAA win. Now, Wisconsin's the only team left in the Big Ten that's undefeated in conference play, and this is only with you know everybody's only played two or three games. They're the only one left that hasn't. Yeah, I, that hasn't I, lost I think though. I think last night you saw the two best teams in this conference. Hmm. I mean, hmm. Purdue really didn't. Purdue didn't have a lot of 80, and they still were able to hold off Illinois. Um, but I, but Nebraska and, and, and Purdue is way up here, and Nebraska is you know down a little bit further. But I, I don't think – are you guys if, – if I say Nebraska is the fifth or sixth best team in the Big Ten right now, are you guys going, nah? I don't sneeze at that because it, it's about their entire roster. I think the role definition has been uh, as good as there is in the Big Ten. You've got – guys and teams that are more talented, but Nebraska has a lot of options and guys that are really good at what they do. And yeah, very, that's, that's showing up. They're very, here's the one thing that also leads me to believe that Fred has found the right recipe with this group of players is they're very unselfish. CJ yeah. Wilcher has grown up yeah. and CJ was huge before his, his back flared up on uh, Wednesday night. Last year, if C.J. Wilcher isn't getting a lot of minutes, C.J. Wilcher is pouting. Hmm. C.J. Wilcher isn't playing a lot of minutes, but it seems like they're key minutes, and he's very happy with his role. I think Fred has more ownership in the program. I think when Abdel Massey left, Fred took over the program. And so Fred is a better communicator on, guys, this is what your role is. This is all I'm asking you. Josiah Alec, you don't need to score, but if you have more floor burns than you have points, that's what we need. And Mm -hmm. now Tominaga, who it's great to have the parents there, and he got on a PBA heater the other night, but Tominaga got out of his feelings, and he also started to play basketball away from the ball where he created opportunities for himself. And if he's over that hump and he's going to do that back to what we've seen him last year, I mean, they got a lot of things trending in the right direction, but they're gonna they're gonna hit the they're gonna hit a little rough patch. It's how they deal with it, um, and I, I I think today is a good sign because everybody's patting them on the back after IU, and then people are saying IU is not very good. I'm telling you, Wisconsin's really good. I think this will be a great game today at Cole at, at the at the Cole Center. Yeah, Nebraska's got some X factors that are that are unique that they, they they just haven't had um, too often well, over the last several years. Rink, Rink Mast is a there's not a lot of players like him, period, mm-hmm. like anywhere in basketball, right? Somebody that's that big, that can dish, that can also get yeah. down low, that can shoot with both hands. And then Gary, Gary might be one of your more talented players. And yes. and the dude, I mean, he just gets <laughs> hey, after it. We, you know what? That's crazy about the other night is Nebraska wins that game, and they were in game control the majority of the night, is I think Jawan Gary is kind of like that glue guy, that X factor yeah. on this team. We didn't even really talk about him. So I think that's another thing about Fred's development of the roster yeah. is what you said about Mark about Mast is 
there's so many guys that complement each other. Yeah. Like Tominaga and Mast work well together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 I like how the pieces have fit together and how Fred has managed it, but they're sitting at 12 and two. I mean, they haven't really, they had a hiccup in the second half against Minnesota and they made up for it when they went to Manhattan. I mean, basically you get eight more W's. You're probably dancing. Yeah. I, I said, I said 20, but yep. they, but they have to be in that quad one, you know, top 50 to 60. You're going to have to pull off a couple of big noteworthy victories. Their strength of schedule is an issue. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to pull off those like noteworthy victories. So you're not in a tension convention when you go to Minneapolis in March. Yeah. No, they're, uh, they're fun to watch. They are all in with one another, which is nice. Yeah. You nailed this, the yeah. selfishness part. There's, yeah, I, know there's you're, not Scooty, I know you're a big body language guy. You are spot on. Watch guys on the sidelines. It is not the days of Cam Mack and Teddy Allen where it's one and then 11, where it's, you know, one guy does everything. They like each other. And I think, I, 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 you know, in the grind of a college basketball season, that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, by the way, 14th in the NET rankings and Creighton 13. Just to give you an idea of their kind of relative position. Purdue second. Yeah, you so can't, you, got, you got you got two of the top fifteen that you're playing next two games. Yep, and 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 hey, Wisconsin's probably better than we thought they were going to be. I mean, I thought, man, Greg Gard's going to be in trouble, and they have been good. And you know, uh, it will we'll see uh, what Chucky does today. Remember last time Chucky faced Nebraska? Remember that game at PBA? That was kind of that was that was along that hot stretch at the end of last year. But great challenge for Nebraska today. And then, guys, just imagine if if they are able to pull it off even if they're able to pull it off or not, Tuesday night is probably one of the biggest games that Hoiberg will coach at Nebraska. Mm. It is. Number one. Last year, you felt like you beat Purdue. You got screwed at the end of regulation. Couldn't get it done in overtime. It's setting up pretty well for Nebraska. Do you go hack attack on on Edie and just – Hack attack? Joe, Alec, Alec, Gary, Mast, just – Rotate them in and just you know put the. Well, I, the I, I, I think I think you have you have more options this year to do that, especially with Alec. Here's one thing, guys. Don't you think another role that Alec's going to have to play is Tomanaga's enforcer? On my yes. show yesterday, I used it as the the hockey analogy. Like Tom, Indiana beat up Tomanaga. Mm-hmm. Okay, they beat him up, and you know there was stuff away from the ball. It's almost like Alec is going to have to be that goon guy on a hockey team that's got to go out <laughs> and protect the centerman. Like you just tap him on the back of the shoulder and you go, you know what to do. And the next thing you know, he's squaring up at center ice against the guy that took a run at Tominaga. Yeah, that's that's a that's well done. That's that's a, that's a great example of the well. And and you know what, Alec in the post game kind of was the the ambassador for for Tominaga, and I mean this respectfully, but he was. Mm-hmm. On, on a bit of a heater himself about all the superlatives that Tominaga brings to the party. So it was really fun to hear uh, Alec talk about flamethrowers and four-wheelers, right? I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty good. But, no, he'll, he'll need to embrace that role as the protector. I mean, every team's had it, Oakley and Jordan back in the day, <laughs> right, before he got traded to New York. Hey, isn't another thing about this team, and we've all followed Nebraska basketball, and and uh, Mark Schmidt and myself, Elijah, we we were we were we grew around. up with the golden era, man. We were around when oh. 
When you Car- Carl Hayes, Clifford Scales, Jamar Johnson, Rich King, Bo Reed, Pietkowski, Derek oh, yeah. Chandler, Vincent yeah. Hamilton, they were going to the NCAA tournament. Um, oh, yeah. They were easy on the eyes. The last few years, Nebraska basketball hasn't been easy on the eyes. And it's been a tough watch, but it's a fan base that is so dang loyal that just wants that one, that one. This year's team is enjoyable. They they play hard. They play defense. Defense won that game for them Wednesday night. Defense will have to be the reason why they win today. I'm making a prediction. Now, the enforcer, of course, I think that's a, a, I think he is. Jawan Gary is going to get in a scuffle this year. You just watch. He gets under the other team's skin like no no one else, and he like he likes to get in people's ears and bark a little bit. You watch. There will be a big moment where there will be an absolute scuffle. He might get ejected. I don't know, but that dude is uh, he's playing with a. It's not just a chip on his shoulder. Like he, it's palpable. He's a dog. When, when you go watch, yeah, you yeah. go watch him play in person. Like he is ready to throw down. Um, so we'll see. I, that's my prediction. Yeah, Sports Center esque. Sports Center esque, just like <laughs> tirade. We'll, we'll see. It should be noted, Gary. You listed off some great Husker basketball names. Not my era. My era was Alec Marks, Lance Jeter, Seth Henry, mm. Cookie Miller. Good era of Husker basketball as well. It's, it's Cookie not, not Danny Miller. It's a great name. I, I, I'm still more loyal to Cookie Belcher. Same. Oh, yeah. By the way, is Nebraska basketball the only program ever that's had two cookies play for? <laughs> I was going to say, I've never met anybody named Cookie, and Nebraska somehow has two <laughs> to play hoops. Like, what? How does that happen? I, 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 I know. It's pretty good. I know, yeah. right. Well, and, and the, the other cookie I know of is Magic Johnson's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize that. But th- those are the only, and then there's Cookie Monster. So yeah. <laughs> the most famous cookie of all time. Right. Right. And and really uh, all those years, the Cambi Matumbo doing his voice, you know, so it's wonderful. Sharpie will let you uh, get uh, to uh, to breakfast and enjoy Idaho, man. Yeah. Oh, look balls, at that. This guy, Paige Turner. Wait, 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 Gary, though, before we get you out. No. Do you have a prediction for Monday night between Washington and Michigan? Oh, good call. Uh, me- Michigan, because I, I like the, the team that has better defense. Mm. Sure. Okay. You, so yeah. you still believe defense wins championships? Yes. Okay. Then you heard it here first. You heard it here first. We hey, but, hey, hey, look at when we all go to Indianapolis in July, we're going to be celebrating a national champion. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can see past or, or future. If Michigan gets a lead, they're just going to be able to sit on the clock. Like that's what they're going to try to do. Washington's going to have a tough time stopping their run game, I think. However, Penix is a little bit of an equalizer to where you're just like, you might be able to hit some. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be good. Sharpie, for uh, for entertainment purposes only, uh, how do you lean with the four and a half points? Uh, Michigan covers. Yeah, touchdown or better. Just a a touchdown. I I hope it's a great, great game. It's – you know, exciting. It's great for college football. And uh, then we can be sad on Tuesday because it'll be about 32 Saturdays before we play football again. Yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll count it but, down. But as we know, college football doesn't take a break. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, God bless it. Yeah, yeah bless. We'll, we'll get to it. Sharpie, be good. We'll talk to you next Saturday, but appreciate you much. Hey, thanks, guys, as always. Appreciate it. Be there good, Gary. Gary Sharp with this weekend edition. 
And uh, we'll wind it down and be back at it. We'll gear up for a big week of Husker basketball, more portal news, and uh, how are things working for the Big Red? Mark Cranach, good to see you, brother. Elijah, thanks so much. Chris Schmidt, and get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play on Hale Varsity, uh, those platforms, and the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity. Uh, Last thought, give us a follow on the Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. We'll be back at you on Monday at 4. And something tells me whenever we talk Monday, we'll have a couple of transfer portal editions to talk about. We, we already hey. talked about the one there. I think we'll have some more. I'll hey, just throw that out there. Prediction.